0: following is a production of dallascowboys.com and the dallas cowboys football club how about
1: cowboys this, yeah!
2: this is an exclusive presentation of dallas cowboys breaking news All right, Cowboys Nation, it's time
3: to talk about it. The Cowboys bounced from the wild card round, 48-32, the final score from AT&T Stadium on Sunday afternoon. We've got a special slew of DallasCowboys.com personalities to help you through what is a dark Monday here inside the star in Frisco. We've got Nick Eatman, Mickey Spagnola, Nate Newton, Nick Harris. I'm Kyle Yeomans. I didn't know you could make that that
4: noise. What was that? When I got home. And could be Nate Newton. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot more noises than that. I promise you <laughs> after this game. Did you yeah. smash anything? Uh, nah, just you know, thank God for my wife. She did all the talking. I just was shaking my head because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still not believing what happened.
3: Yeah, no, I I tweeted it out this morning. It it when you woke up. On the other side of – the sun did go, come up this morning, whether it was icy, snowy, or whatever it was in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. The sun did come up, but it felt like a bad dream at the same time. I mean, it was the disappointing into what was otherwise a stellar season for the Cowboys, 12-5, and five, a division championship, everything on the line going into the wild card round as the two seed, and you were expected to win. And Nick Eatman, they did not. And they didn't just lose – yeah but they got dismantled
5: yeah that's the worst part is that they just didn't show up they didn't show up in the first half and green bay just took it to them and you know as as i wrote in my article as surprising as it was the recipe is not hard to see when you can't stop the run you don't get any pressures you don't get any turnovers and then your offense takes what two you know two and a half quarters to figure out the 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 offense i mean the defense green bay had so uh you add all that up and then. It was just—it was just an ass kicking, really. Yeah. yeah the score—the score—I mean—didn't look. The score looked okay at the end, uh, but they—they they blew them out.
6: With 10:23 left to go in the game, and it was 48-16, they were getting ready to suffer their worst playoff loss in franchise history, mm. uh, and they still ended up losing with two consolation touchdowns, right, Uh, and gave up more points than they had ever given up in a playoff game. So it's it's one thing to lose, but when you get, as Nick said, beat that bad – uh, that one's hard to get over, and this is going to take some time to figure out how do you get past getting whipped that bad.
7: Yeah, you could tell that the approach was not correct. I mean, they came out, they gave up what they did defensively. Uh, six touchdown drives, only forced one punt, zero three and outs forced, So The defense was a complete no-show. Um, and the defense has had a couple of bad outings this year. Uh, it's It's been proven that you know the 49ers caught them, the Bills caught them. Most of the time it was catching them on bad health days. This time they got caught by a rookie quarter back with rookie and second year wide receivers and Jordan Love went out there and put up a perfect passer rating uh, they, they diced him up from the very beginning there were wide open receivers from drive to drive and then offensively I, I think the turnovers were probably the biggest killers when you have that pick six to make it 27 nothing uh, in the first half uh, that's when you kind of look around and you're like okay this is this is what's happening so I think that was probably the killer and the in any of the energy that was left in the stadium but yeah, they they didn't show up, and I, I think that's probably the biggest takeaway I have. Especially when you look at the first half and how that lead was built, there was no energy, there was no confidence. It was just uh, it was just disappointment. What do you think, um, Nate? I,
4: I, you know, well, this. Uh, let me say this first, then I, I can get in. I, I have to say this. We took one of the best coaches, I think that we've had here in Dallas in a long time. I'm talking about the players that put this guy in an awkward position. Because even if they would have just lost this thing 21-20, we wouldn't be having this discussion. I probably wouldn't be having this discussion. But in listening to Mr. Jones doing his press conference, him being a calm guy, this, that, and other, but that's on the top of the list. Where does Mike McCarthy sit? And that bothers me because this guy has put us in position or helped us as players and fans be in a position every year to get right here. Two possibly two playoff games at home, got through the injury bug, up and down season, and our players, our players did not show up to a man. And he's going he may have to pay for this. And that, that's what – that bothers me. That is the only thing about this game that bothers me. Uh, you not showing up at all. You take the first drive, uh, seven minutes and 50 seconds, 73 yards, loving plays. On top of that, you knew it. Penalties would always have hurt us. Bland with his deal, uh, D. Law with his deal. All of a sudden, they score. We get the ball, go seven plays, punt the ball, and get a kicker's, a catcher's interference. Instead of them being on the nine, they're on the 24. You can't tell me. We all know the special team coach. This dude go over things. He plays the situation of things over and over and over again. You have been in not one but two playoffs previous to this where where dumb things have crushed us. Now we're gonna put a coach job in peril because you as a player don't understand that the playoffs are in the in your mistakes and your turnovers is the biggest thing in the world. I you know, and I'm just here to to say this right here. Do the right thing, Mr. Jones. You gotta look at more than just the coach.
3: You bring up a couple interesting points here because in a loss like that specifically, you can't point your finger at one specific area. You can't point it at just the players. You can't point it at just the coaches. It's a little bit of everybody. Dak and Mike McCarthy talked about that specifically yesterday, that accountability-wise, this has a wide umbrella of who falls underneath it. How much does rely on the coaching staff, though? I mean, Mike McCarthy, as much as he has done in the regular season, three 12, and 5 seasons, that's fantastic and really a credit to what he's done to get to that point. However, he's 1-3 in the postseason now. He's 0-2 <coughs> at home in the postseason. I know it's not all on Mike McCarthy, but how much does it play a factor? How much does he deserve <coughs> in this whole scenario?
7: I tweeted it out yesterday, and I, I think there's a lot of blame for Mike McCarthy to be had for sure when you look at the lack of postseason success since he's been here again that kind of goes back to me talking about the approach into this game and you could tell that the the level of sincerity the urgency it wasn't there in the beginning that's a coaching problem I I, I think there is responsibility that falls on the players yes but coaching not getting them prepared for that moment to have that kind of urgency Um, but when you look at what he's been able to bring to Dallas you look at his first year as a play caller and what he was able to do for the offense uh, historic seasons uh, for a couple of their Big big time pieces. For me, I just don't see how it's rational to move on from Mike McCarthy right now. Um, and I know Cowboys Nation's looking to place the blame, and that, that, again, that's what I tweeted it out yesterday. But I don't feel like he's the guy that should be taking taking all of the blame for this. A majority, yes, absolutely. I don't think his job should come with it. What do you think?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think well said on both both accounts really, because you know when you look at the talent of this team, this team has so much talent. Uh, we think they do. You know, we think they do. That's what the Pro Bowls su- suggest that's what the All Pros yeah. suggest and all that. Especially compared to Green Bay, who didn't have didn't have that many, but but they they played well as a team. And so when you look at it from that standpoint of look at the talent that that's been assembled on this team, and then they didn't go in and execute, and they got out out schemed, out coached, out played, out hit you know, everything, out executed. Um, I agree. I mean, it's a it's a players players. It's it's the coaches. Um, I could see both ways here because of look at the success they had last, you know with the first year of a play call play caller and Dak and everything um because you know whoever you think's out there and the, there's big names that are out there but you know who's the coordinators who's the coach yeah. you know it, it's more than just plugging in a coach it, it, you you're, yeah. you're, you're blowing up everything here and mm-hmm. and i know right now people want to do that like let's go like yeah let's blow it up but um, is that is that the smart thing to do when you're when you're sitting here with two three straight twelve and five seasons? I don't know.
6: That's what uh, Jerry's gonna have to figure out. Um, how do you go to training cap next year and sell the same thing? Right. Hmm. Um, look. Good point. You 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 mentioned you know the the mistakes, but the first two series. I was just looking at my notes for Green Bay. They had the ball for 10 minutes and 21 seconds. 10 minutes and 21 seconds. Defensively, and we've seen this before, Green Bay didn't come out with any fancy offense. The majority of their early sets were two tight ends, right? And you're playing against two tight ends with one legitimate linebacker and all these safeties. And you're getting run on. Yeah. Uh, And you're not getting pressure on the quarterback. So at some point, we've seen that before, right? We saw it in Arizona. We saw it in Buffalo. And what ends up happening in the playoffs is whatever uh, deficiencies you have, they get exposed. Supposed to have this great pass rush. Well, the last five games of the regular season, four of them, or five of them out of the last six, they had one sack, no more than one sack in five games. They got none in this game. So somehow, some way, something wasn't schemed right to me. How do you let some guy named Romeo Dobbs catch that many passes that wide open for that many yards? I, it's it's inexplicable that he could be that wide open. Were guys just busting coverages? Yes, or they were. They, or were they playing some soft coverage and allowing them to get underneath in in, in the seams? Uh, they, they but, was
4: In this West Coast offense, you've got a lot of crossing routes. You've got a lot of things that happen quick. Right. And uh, Isaiah was explaining to uh, us yesterday that they, they went into a, a, a lot of coverages that required some zone reads. And if you haven't been practicing, people think man-to-man is the hardest thing to play. It's not. You line up on this man, and you you, you deal with him. But when I got to pass you is, over to him. this a kill. Yeah.
5: If it's a kill, that might be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> somebody I, like that. No, I'm yeah. just saying, no, I when get you're it.
4: in zone, it's ugly. It's ugly because if I don't pass this right, if I don't get this call right, I'll give you that pre-read right. And if he miss it, all of a sudden the guy's running free. The, the thing here is when you've, been, when you've gained experience as a player and you've been in certain situations, you've seen a lot of things, it come down to you as a player. I mean, Coach, Coach Wise could tell me, okay, I'm playing Jerome Brown. This is how you block him. This is how you need to do it. This is the certain things we're going to do to help you. But when we get in the game, I got to take what he's given me and take it to another level and transfer it to this field. I, I know you want me to have the perfect hands inside, but you know what? Right here, I'm going to grab him. Damn, you, uh, you, know, you grab you, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> but No, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm going to grab him because I know I can't let him escape. But if I'm going to grab him, I know I got to get that left foot over there quick. Mm. These players – have to understand that the game is adjustments not only through the coach, but you are the guy playing him. Get your own game plan. Know what is happening. We cannot sit up here as guys talking heads week in and week out, bragging on these coaches, telling them how great they are, then all of a sudden we get in the biggest games of our lives and and they don't know how to coach? Dan Quinn ain't been to a Super Bowl, not one, but two or three. Coach McCarthy ain't never been to a Super Bowl, multiple playoffs. But all of a sudden, he throws into double coverage? Coach McCarthy didn't do that. He, Dak had another option. Trust me, trust me as, a, as an ex-player, I'm telling you now, it comes a point where me as a player – Got to step up and I'm and and I'm through trying to defend Coach McCarthy because I don't have to make that call. Mm -hmm. Mr. Jones has to make that call. But when you make that move on Coach McCarthy, you better these players are still here. Who is gonna get them 12 and 5 again or back into the playoffs again? Like you say, Mick, who's going to sell it?
7: Yeah. My question back to you uh, on that point you look at what the defense came out with in that Mm -hmm. game. This is more so an indictment on Quinn rather than McCarthy. Right. Come out and they're running zone on that first drive. And first drive was horrendous. They come back out and they continue to run as much zone as they did on that first drive, over half of the plays by the end of the game. This is a team that runs man more than any team in the NFL. And you completely flip things, even when they're going so wrong, and you continue to stay in that defense. I, that's that's kind of where I, I look at Dan Quinn, and I'm like, what was the approach for this? Why why was that the approach for this?
4: And that and that's what's so bothersome because <clears throat> if, if I'm Deron Bland and I'm and I'm Gilmore, and I see what's happening, and I'm Jeron Curse, I I'm going to the coach. Look at him, man, that ain't working. Now, maybe that's where Coach McCarthy to the stuff said, you know what, man, maybe Gilmore's a little bit more hurt than we let on to the media, but we got to go back to what we know. Do you we think that's a, be- that played a factor
3: into it with Gilmore not playing 100% and, and possibly switching, saying, hey, Gilmore can't cover these guys man-to-man? Because of the injury, and I don't want nation right, and you don't want to put Nation right in there, or you don't want to rely on uh, uh, you don't want to put a guy like Deron Bland on an island. I mean, I get it; there are different elements to it. But do you think Gilmore's injury
4: maybe played a bigger factor than we anticipated? It, it probably had, it probably did. By him saying as much zone as they played, this, this is this is the deal. You've overcome a lot, but when we didn't address, when we did not address the. Uh, full nature of losing not one linebacker, but two linebackers and not replacing them with thumpers and guys that can actually play linebacker, you ran into a problem there. So you knew at some point in time, this thing was going to come to a head. Mm -hmm. Now, what we didn't bank on was for Gilmore to have this, this shoulder situation. But I'm just going by from what the old coaches would have did for us. They would have just told Gilmore, man, love you to death. Nation, you up. And you got to play with what you got, and you got to play what you know. And if you get beat throwing your fastball, that's okay. But don't, don't throw a split finger in the jacket up out of here, man. Yeah, Especially if you haven't work. thrown that pitch at Thank all. Thank you. Well, it, <laughs> Thank was, you. It,
6: it was almost like they were trying to disguise their deficiencies, and it didn't work. Uh, it didn't work at the linebacker position, and it didn't work at the cornerback position if they were worried about Gilmore uh, being able to cover. Now, he got caught in a couple man coverages, and he got caught looking inside on that one uh, where they had the big play. Um, but the safeties were non existent, uh, it seemed like. If you're playing zone, the safeties got to be sh- showing up. I mean, that's how they got the pick six for the touchdown, right? The safety came off the guy covering and jumped the route, right? Because he had already beaten the cornerback. That's right. But the safety did what he was supposed to do. Uh, They just made plays, uh, and and the Cowboys didn't. It was almost like they were stuck in mud. Uh, And then when you can't stop the run and you let this guy run, and I understand the touchdowns, one was through one yard, one was three yards, one was nine yards. But he, he scored more rushing touchdown in a playoff game than all but one person in Packers history. They had Jim Taylor and Paul Horning, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, 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 you know, Aaron Jones now has more rushing touchdowns than any running playoff rushing touchdowns than any running back in Packers history. And he got three of them on you. And 118 yards, by the way.
1: Hmm.
5: Yeah. What were and you looking up here? I was looking to see when, because uh, I wonder how many times on a Wednesday and a Thursday or a Tuesday, whenever the teams are looking at the tape, and I wonder how many times they look up and go, "14. How much does he weigh, mm-hmm. Marquise Bell? What does he weigh? You know, I bet you that you know, looking at him like, oh, it says right here, two, two fifteen or two, two ten or whatever." Uh, and they're like, hmm, so if we could get our guard in that, you know, we saw it in Arizona. We saw, yeah. it, we saw it in all these games that they've struggled. And it's nothing against Marquise Bell, but he's not He's not really a linebacker. No. And I think they expose him when, when you get to that point. It's like mismatches are mismatches for a reason. You know, like there's times when, yeah, I'm quicker than you. I can go make this play. But if it doesn't work out like that and they get hat on a hat, we saw it too many times. I, I just don't, I mean, I, I think he's playing out of position, you know, I, for for sure. And I think they had two, they're just too light at linebacker. And I never thought Damone Clark would be a guy that would get pushed around like that, but he no. has. I mean, I just think the linebacker position when, when LVE went out, they've been, you know, grasping at straws there. And it just, that's a problem too.
7: Yeah, I think as well, something for me, I think going into the week last week, something I did not really take seriously was how physical that Packers offensive line was. and yeah. uh, They got to the second level so fast. Damone Clark, you can also factor in the fact that he was not reading running lanes whatsoever. Now, there was one specific play where they were running left. It was actually on the Aaron Jones nine-yard touchdown you were speaking to, ran left, and he was coming off the right edge. Uh, that's where he thought that that play was going to end up. It's just like, you couldn't be any more wrong. So, A uh, couple of factors play into that running game, being Able to be as efficient as it was, but for me, it was the Packers' offensive line. They were way more physical than I expected, and the Packers, or excuse me, the Cowboys' defense struggled with that all season.
3: Well, they were exposed in a number of ways, and maybe there was a bit of false hope (coughs) with this defense. Some deficiencies that Mickey's talking about that was covered up because your defensive line has been really good. Your defensive line, even yesterday, had bright spots. They didn't finish a sack. They they put a little bit of pressure on Jordan Love, but basically he forced. Or he he made the plays that he needed to when he was forced to throw off of his back foot. There were times where he was completing
4: footballs that it didn't look like he had completed in any film early. But you can rest assured today, their offensive line as a whole is getting the game ball.
3: Yeah, they feel great. They feel great about what they did.
4: I I tried all last week. I on the hour show, the show that I does do with the guys. the, The defense shocked me. Their defense with the pick sixes and the plays that me shop, but I, I I tried to tell anybody that would listen about their offense. Coach Matt Lafleur, mm-hmm. from the seventh or eighth or ninth game, has had this kid playing immaculate ball, mm-hmm. and the changer and I tried and I said it on our show. The enhancer is number thirty three. I say, fellas, he's healthy. He's stronger than he looks. He explodes through he uh through runners. You saw it when he was running, short yardage. They did not take him out and try to put anybody else in. All 31 was was a change up for him. You know. We did not understand that this kid is legit. I saw it on film and I and I and I tried to tell Isaiah during our broadcast, bro. I disagree. Mm-hmm. If we do not get a lead, we're gonna be in trouble. And I and we only can win if we're going to have a lead. We well, can't win unless we have a lead. And you think
6: Matt LaFleur realized that right. when he won the toss and said, I want the ball? Give me the ball. Yeah. On the road yep. in <laughs> 93,000 people yelling at him, he and said, I he don't care took about the, the crowd because I don't want to play from <laughs> behind. And
3: if you yeah. don't get pressure on Jordan Love, things get tough. And that's kind of the point that I was leading to a moment ago. Yeah. This defensive line has been great all year long. They had some bright spots in this game. But for the most part, Jordan Love had time to throw. And it exposed your linebackers, it exposed your secondary, it exposed your safeties specifically, and it was a rough day and there were blown coverages throughout. But 48 points on the board in a playoff game has never happened in a Dallas Cowboys playoff atmosphere at any level, any point, any time in history. It was the worst defensive performance. But when we come back on the other side of the break, I want to talk about the offensive side of the ball. What went wrong offensively, especially early on, That allowed for extra opportunities and extra exposure to that defense. More of our special breaking news wildcard fallout
2: podcast here from the star in Frisco in a moment.
0: a location near you.
3: Welcome back to hanging with the talking Cowboys storyline shots, breaking down the 48 (laughs) mouthful. Got it done though. 48 32 loss to green Bay in the wild card round. Nick Harris, Nate Newton, Mickey Spagnola, Nick Eatman, I'm Kyle Yeomans breaking down what just happened. We'll be going for a little bit here. Nick, mm-hmm. is this two hours full? Oh,
5: I think maybe an hour and a half. Hour and, half. Going to hour and some, a half. We're gonna have some. We're gonna do some switching out here a little bit. Do
3: you know who else we can expect? You want to tease? Cole Hutchinson will
5: be on. Okay. Cole Hutchinson and I think that's it. Okay. Um, I think she'll she'll be she'll be joining us here in a little bit. We'll Tag in. There you go. You know, you know, what's funny. I was looking at you what know, we're talking about all week. We kind of dismissed the idea of of how familiar McCarthy is with the team and the team is with McCarthy you know like yeah. there's only there's only three guys in uniform that had actually played and they were Kenny Clark Jair Alexander and Aaron Jones oh so as, as much as I was, trying, I was trying to like dismiss <laughs> like it doesn't matter like they don't care they don't know him no those guys did those they guys did. balled out so all of them were making big plays uh, that's that's the I mean it's just kinda of one of those things where you know you know there was a lot of pressure on the Cowboys, but I mean the Packers they brought it. They did.
3: They did. The energy was there early. We talked about the way that they established everything they really wanted to. I was about to say the run game, but they really established anything they wanted early on and, and it, it put Dallas in a hole. I want to talk about the offensive side of the football, we might answer some fan questions in here, too. Give us a text, 817-290-3298. But, Mickey, I want to start with you. Offensively, where do you feel like things went wrong first? Was it just a, a off day for Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, maybe the, the wrong mindset, wrong scheme? Where do you start looking first?
6: Yeah, um, you know, I thought Dak showed some... I don't know early playoff uh way too much energy his passes were high uh he was a little bit off but somehow they made him uncomfortable because they were taking CD Lamb away yeah. he, he was he was not or he wasn't reading it right but uh they were causing him to look 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 uh, before he was thrown and then he started forcing passes into places uh, he shouldn't have uh, forced them to uh, so I, give give you know Joe Barry credit I think he came up with a really good scheme uh, you know the the first possession it was the third down where he had CD breaking over the middle now he wasn't that open and he overled him just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, And and I don't know if I saw people giving CD drops. I don't know that that was a drop. It was a little bit in front of them. And then on the interception, uh, Cooks is breaking, and Alexander grabs him, grabs him. And then he beat him to the ball. And on TV, they said, well, yeah, both guys have the right to get to the ball. But you don't have the right to stop the guy in his break and then get to the ball. Uh, It was interesting on that. Sorry to
3: interrupt. But Barry Church was talking about that up in the booth. And I asked him, I was like, is is that interference? Is that a holding call? Whatever it ends up being at that point, just that far away from the line of scrimmage. He said the exact same thing without having the TV copy. He's like both guys have a right to go for the ball. Right. I thought there was a bit of a tug. But what he said was it was a bad route from Cooks. That and in, in Isaiah actually backed him up on it because I was I was looking at it as he was getting grabbed, he was getting pushed and shoved or whatever. Both Barry and Isaiah said that's a poor route from Cooks in the way that he run it.
6: Yeah, just, just an interesting thought process there. But you don't expect the guy to grab you around the neck. No. Um, so I just thought their defensive scheme was <clears throat> was really good. Uh, how they covered the Cowboys' receivers, and I don't know if it was man, zone, and I'm thinking it was zone quite a bit, and it caused them to kind of have to look too much uh, to take away the passing game the way they did, especially in the first half. And then when they got the lead, it was like, okay, we're not giving up anything deep. You can have all this stuff underneath, mm-hmm. but you're not getting a 40-yard touchdown pass.
7: Yeah, for me, what, what I've looked at whenever I see offensive problems. Obviously, This offense was never built to play from behind this season. Um, With the way this Texas coast, west coast, wherever you want to say, uh, system was built around methodical drives that'll push you down the field. I mean, you can really only point at maybe three or four big play, splash game plays this season that have led to a scoring drive. And so when you're playing from behind, that's really tough to do, especially in a game you want to uh, pick up points in a hurry. Again, tough to do. So Packers, they come out, they score. You punt on the next drive. And then next offensive drive, you throw that interception, you're down 14-0 very fast. And I think from that moment, you saw a lot of pressing from this offense. And I think it was more so from the players and then from a coaching perspective, second down was like – I almost lost my mind on second down, (laughs) almost every single play in the first half. Uh, The first six second downs that they faced ran the ball five times with three different ball carriers, Pollard, Lamb, and Dowder. Run, run, pass. Yeah, Yeah. and um, none of those gained a first down. And so you're working from second and 10 – running the ball one, two yards, and then you're operating in consistently in that third and six, third and eight range, and you can't ask this offense to do that at, at playing behind 14 to nothing. I think the, the lead got too big for the Packers. They, they couldn't make it up. I mean, I have to give them credit for what they did in the second half, but, I mean, all Green Bay was doing was trying to keep everything in front. Like, they weren't worried about anything yeah. getting over
3: the top. Do you think maybe trying to run the ball and, and continuing to find that run game, maybe ended up being a, a bit of a nail in the coffin there. Yeah. Because it felt like they, it almost to a stubborn standpoint, wanted to say, we can run the football right. against this front. Right. They're 28th in the league in terms of run and defense and rushing yards allowed per game. We're going to run the football. You hadn't had a run game all year long, and and it had really not shown really a, a pause to go away from it either. <laughs> Why? Why this yeah. one? Why this one? The one that you wanted to stick to. It's the to same
5: in? with the defense it's about playing zone.
3: That's a great point. You yeah. know,
5: it's just like, it's a, it's, it feels like you're just kind of getting cute, and and obviously, you know, there's there's probably more, there is more behind the scenes that you know we we don't necessarily know, but yeah, I mean, when you get to this point in the season, you're here for a reason. You're you're twelve and five for a reason. You've you've done. You put up these kind of stats, these kind of records, and so to go against it. And, and it feels like they were the underdog. Like, we're going to have to do something different to beat the Packers when you, you'd like to think they should just kind of stick with what they do.
6: Okay, but we look at it, and it says they ran the ball 25 times. Six of them were Dak running for his life. Yeah, he threw 60 That's good times. Point, it's not right? like he didn't throw. Sure. So A lot uh, of that was in the comeback, at, at, and they yeah, were sure. giving him everything. But here, here's the deal. So he had to run the ball six times. Mm-hmm. Okay, four sacks, nine quarterback hits, and six passes defensed. So that tells me the quarterback was having problems either reading what they were doing or the protection wasn't as great as it needed to be. So how much does the offensive line take blame for yeah, this one? Well, I, I think it's all all together. It is. You know, everybody's saying, well, what was C.D. doing? Well, I don't know, but they had him covered for the majority of the game until they played catch-up with the last two consolation touchdowns. So there were problems, Uh, and I don't know if it was Dak. He took the blame the way the quarterback's supposed to, said he sucked, and it was his worst game. Uh, But again, uh, nothing was really working. I, and I think they were trying with the run to keep them honest at least a little bit, uh, and and that wasn't working either. By the
4: way, what's the name of a great pitcher? Uh, Randy Johnson. A, uh, Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson, great pitcher. <laughs> and, the, and they always said if you didn't get him in the first inning, it was all downhill for you after that. Mm-hmm. When we didn't score first; it was all downhill after that. Whether you, it's we, not good. Yeah. is that a mentality? Yeah. That is their, that over there, yes. Hmm. Their defense depends on somebody making a play to get them. Th- I've never believed on this team when we got inside the 20 that we turned down any points. I was never fourth and three. Oh, no, let's go for it. And get the three because our mentality is as long as we got a lead, your defense is in the game. Long, when, you get, when you lose the lead, our defense is it, not nice. Mm-hmm. And it's proven over and over again. And so when we didn't get the lead, when we ran up on Randy Johnson <laughs> and we didn't get him in the first <clears> inning, <throat> the game was over. Now, whether you believe it or not, go look at all the games where we played big-time teams with equal or more talent, with decent coaches, And we've had that problem.
3: That's where I have a problem with it, though, is this team, at least on paper, should not have been in the ballgame against the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys were a better team top to bottom. In terms of roster building, they weren't the better team yesterday because they came out. Maybe Dallas was Randy Johnson, and Green Bay got to him in the first inning. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it looked like because – it, it, it really it threw the whole thing off, and I agree with Nick to the point of whenever the first couple turnovers happen, or not even turnovers, but just drives didn't go your way. You had the interception to Jair Alexander. All of a sudden, you're down 14 nothing, and you're trying to press. And you're tw- down 20 to nothing. You're trying to go down and score and put points on the board before the halftime break. Instead, you throw a pick six, and it's
6: 27-7. Yeah. It's just like that. Well, there had to be a reason why they finished 7-3 <laughs> and three in their last 10 games. Mm-hmm. there got to be a reason why they... Beat Kansas City and beat Detroit. They had something. They might not have had all Pro Pro Bowl players on that team, been but there, the quarterback. Been but the quarterback was playing at a high yeah. level the last eight games. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of us, I'm probably included, undersold what this Green Bay team was. Yeah. And Two. then you let them get the lead, which my guys always gave me hell because I hate. When the Cowboys won the toss and deferred, I want the ball. I want to go down and score and make the other team play from behind, mm-hmm. just what the Packers did to the Cowboys.
5: My, um, my thing is when we go in the locker room every day, every, you know, two or three times a week, two of my favorite guys in there, Zach Martin and, uh, and Tyler Smith, both of them, all, you know, got made all pro teams, pro bowl and all that. And I think they're both really good. But if you have two Pro Bowl and All Pro guards, why can't you run the football?
1: Mm.
5: I don't understand that. And, and and maybe there's we have somebody on the set here that played guard, <laughs> that could tell us that. But I'm sorry, I mean, and I know there's more to it than that. I know there's a center and there's others and fullbacks and all that. But if I got two All Pro guards, you shouldn't be bad at running the football. I don't know. I'm not blaming. I'm not just playing blaming them I'm just saying there's got to be more to it and a
3: second team left tackle
5: okay yeah second team
3: all pro when he's playing
5: well he's really good too I just don't understand and I'm kind of looking at Nate like bad voters (laughs) maybe (laughs) maybe because because that's that happens and
3: I'm also watching film and I don't think Tyler Biotish is the worst center in football either but if you have two all pro guards and an all pro possible left, left tackle if he's healthy for 17 games uh, then where do you point the finger with your right tackle and your your center? Yeah, I mean,
4: where where do you go? This is a mentality. Just like playing physical, one thing we can all contribute everything to after every one of our losses is, it's like we can't play bully football, and and these guys, side of us and I'm talking about Green Bay's office night, they didn't care, they was gonna play bully football. Yeah, we. We don't have no bullies, man. We've done shows together and we've done shows together. All of us have. And when it get down to let's let's get let's get ugly. Let's let's put our hands up. Let's go. Let's just go blow for blow, George Foreman, Frazier. Our, our guys ain't going blow for blow. That just ain't. That, that's not the mentality of this team. If they can't outquick you, out athletic you, and get a lead, they're not gonna they're not gonna stick with it. And one thing. I wouldn't have cared yesterday if we didn't run the ball at all. If we'd have just kept slanging it out. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to lose with your second best. And, and Green Bay put us in that position all day long.
3: It was a, a, a disappointment. It really was, all the way from top to bottom. It's hard to say. I mean, there were a couple words that, that Jerry used yesterday in his post-game press conference. I mean, floored was one surprised was another Dak of course said it sucked I mean there was a lot of things that that can describe this but I think right now everybody's just feeling like they want answers to these questions because there are question marks everywhere offense defense special teams coaching staff Player personnel draft in the future. I mean, there are so many question marks that need to be answered, and they're not going to come today. They're not going to come tomorrow, and they probably won't come until training camp, and maybe even they there could after. come
7: tomorrow. I mean, there's <laughs> there's possible
3: there's. The, but yeah, that, I'm but then that would just breed more questions. If sure. we're being completely honest, sure. if some, if you get an answer to one question of who's your head coach, who's your defensive and coordinator, who's your offensive coordinator, it's just going to breed more questions after
5: that. Okay, and here's another thing. This is the part that's probably really demoralizing for us to to, to cover the team. Can't wait. No, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying. Okay, you're talking about the questions all the way through training camp. Well, how about how about a four and and0 team? How about a seven and one Cowboy team? How about a twelve and two Cowboy team going into Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. They're still going to be like, oh, okay, it, this is going to be a yeah, but all all week, all all year, yeah, until good. you get to, and that's good. that's where they are. I mean, yeah. that's where they are. So no one's going to really care on oh well, good good job, you guys are nine and no, That's that's amazing. That, that's looking awesome.
3: There's been a certain element of that the last couple of sure. years. I mean, if anything, the last two decades. Yeah. But
4: it's going it's to be, worse gonna be even worse yeah. now.
3: And, it, and, and like, and I think it's going to come from everybody, too. I mean, I know I've had my eye. This is my fifth season covering the team. This was the best setup since I've started covering the team, and I, I bought in. I thought there was an opportunity. There was no excuse for them to lose in the divisional round or the NFC wild card. They had a pure path to the yeah. NFC championship game, yeah. and instead they didn't even show up in the first quarter of the wild card game. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of what happened. So, yeah, it's disappointing, and there's a lot to go on, but the world still goes around, and this team's still going to field a team in 2024. All right, I'm out of here. Nicole Hutchinson will take over. We'll continue on some more talking – oh, wait, no, hang in with the talking Cowboys storyline shots. Girls talk. I know, i got to fit girls talk (laughs) in there. When Nicole Hutchinson comes back in a moment, Cowboys fall in the wild card around
2: 48-32. We'll be back in a moment.
7: Welcome back into Hanging with the Girls talking Storyline Shots. That's the one. Uh, Welcoming in uh, Nicole Hutchison from Girls Talk, Boys Talk. Um, Nicole, just quick thoughts on the game. Obviously, really tough. You were in the building as as we were. Um, What's kind of your initial impressions here 24 hours after?
8: Initial impressions, man. Where do I start? Uh, I was kind of talking to Kyle and a lot of the people yesterday just saying how This team had so much potential. You have some of the best talent on this roster in the NFL. You have some of the best coaching staff in the NFL. I mean, I know it's kind of everyone's questioning about it now, but, I mean, honestly, you have some of the best talent here, and you go out there and put that type of taped together on film uh it's it's kind of depressing uh just because you worked so hard to get this number two seed you worked so hard to get this home field advantage the path was laid out perfectly for you and and you don't pull it out Uh, i mean especially against a young and experienced green bay team that you played Uh it it was just kind of disappointing Yeah, Yeah.
7: Yeah, and Kyle talked about it in the last segment. There's going to be a lot of questions coming out of this. Um, uh, The Cowboys will have the number 24 overall pick in the first round of the draft. Questions are already mounting about what's going to go on this offseason. I want to kind of go around the table here. One or two offseason changes that you think would make uh, would give you confidence going into training camp saying, "Okay, this might actually be something different than the time that they went to Oxnard in the last week of July. Who wants to start with this
4: one? Let's get a storyline, and then we can go from there. All right, take calls. (laughs) Um, All right, what what would give you
5: some confidence –
7: yeah, what would give you confidence? I mean, it could be
5: well. I mean, here's it could be thing. something
7: as simple as just running the ball better or having more emphasis on the run in the offense. Can mean, I it talk to, to the be trainers, major, but. Can
5: I talk to the athletic <laughs> trainers and ask him how Trayvon Diggs is looking? Because yeah. and, and and again, this isn't excuses or anything like that. This team was relatively healthy for the most yeah. part. I mean, losing Trayvon Diggs was tough. Leighton Van Der Esch as well, but I mean, having him come back and playing at, at a high level with Deron Bland. Who needs to be a number two um and and who knows if gilmore comes back he's a free agent but i mean having Diggs back at, at at that level and uh and another guy that was banged up too i'll let mickey go with that if i can read your writing i think that's what you meant. yeah
6: i think we uh, they got to take care of the linebacker position yes uh, they don't know or maybe they do if leighton van Esch is going to return and one of the losses they had in training camp that really messed up what their plan was, was losing over Sean. We forget about that. No. Now, can he come back and be what they thought he could be at the linebacker position? But they've got to figure out the linebacker position. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is, should uh, Micah Parsons be a linebacker 75% of the time? Uh, and then put him on the line of scrimmage on passing downs uh, to rush the quarterback. Um, I just think they waste his talent too many times on the line of scrimmage when they run the ball and he doesn't. he's not able to use his athletic ability. We saw it a couple times when they had him at linebacker. He went and stopped the run because he could run and use his talent. So that linebacker positions uh, got to be figured out, and let's forget—not forget—that when we talk about running the ball, Tony Pollard—he's a free agent yeah. right now. They got the right to franchise him again. I can't imagine oh, that's going to happen. No. But who's the running back? Yeah. So those are two things to me that they've got to. Be able to solve going forward.
7: So, Mickey, if you have the perfect situation where you're looking at pick 24, the positions that you're looking at top three, let's go linebacker, offensive line, and um, defensive line. Defensive line. You, are you taking a linebacker in that in that situation?
6: If if you have your top guy if, if, if if there's a, what's the guy from Alabama? We're rookie this year, uh, Will Houston. Anderson. Houston. Yeah. If there's Will Anderson there,
7: yeah, yeah. I mean, if
5: there's Will Anderson, <laughs> I'm for taking sure. him <laughs> right. Well, I mean, how bad is he in trouble? I mean, if he's will, if he's at 24, I mean, what happened? Did he get arrested? Or, I mean, right. this player, you know what I mean? Because like, the Will Anderson usually don't I
6: don't, I don't. Des
5: Bryant did at right. 24.
6: I don't want to pigeonhole myself into a position. i, I got to have this. Give me a talented player, and I'll find a spot for him on this team.
5: Can I just uh, say, Just those? the
6: way they did when Micah Parsons' name was first coming up, yeah. And everybody's going, well, where would he play? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said, on the field.
4: Yeah.
5: I, don't, I don't care where you put him. Just yeah. put him on the field. But they can't miss. Right. Because I'm sorry. I, I don't care how much they spent it. Mozzie Smith, to draft him where they drafted him and did not be able to ru- stop the run this year. That's that's a miss to me. That kind of goes into this question here, and I'll,
7: I'll get y'all's takes on off-season okay. changes. But th- this, this text here from the 518, looking back at how the season played out, do you think the single biggest surprise other than Aubrey's excellent season was how minimal an impact Dallas received from this year's draft class? For a team that drafts so well, it completely mm-hmm. shocks me. I think it's a good point. I mean, technically, Brandon Aubrey's not a rookie, yeah. according yeah. to the NFL, but um, you look at the rookie class and you look at the two biggest contributors from that, you have to look at undrafted free agents. T.J. Bass, Hunter Lipke. Um, and you look at draft picks. I mean, Jalen Brooks got on the field some this year. Yeah. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker, was, he was there. Uh, I don't think he he, he provided second-round impact. Uh, it's unfortunate that he lost overshone to the injury, but um, I think it's very critical that this team drafts well here in 2024.
8: Yeah, I can agree. Uh, going back to that.
6: 2024,
7: office. 2025,
8: 2026. <laughs> Anywhere. No, going back to your initial question, um, in this – this may—I don't know. Y'all may kind of come at me about this one, but I'm not gonna lie. I think Stay we say with your chest. We got—we got to get a new running back, a new franchise running back. Um, I mean, I love TP. Oh, I thought
5: you were gonna say quarterback. No, so that you, no. That kind of going
8: with. Nah, I, I love TP. Love Rico Dottle. Great guys. Um, but that's where we've really struggled offensively. Of course, linebacker position is a, a big emphasis as well. But that running back position, I, we don't have a guy that's that can just go out there and run the football. I'm sorry. Um, it, I mean, I know can't possibly bring up Zeke, but Zeke was that guy, you know, like here. And so I, I don't think we have a guy like that uh, to be effective in the run game, and that's where we've lacked a lot of the times.
6: He's available.
7: Nate, yeah. when you look at seasons <laughs> that you were a part of, I'm sure there was a couple of opportunities where it was like, We didn't reach the expectations that we wanted. How can you take a different approach the next season with the same personnel if that ends up being the case? And then kind of play that into you
4: know what what's going
7: going to have to go on this This, this offseason.
4: Again, it's totally what I think, what I want to happen. You got to change the, you got to change your head coach, and and y'all know I'm not, I don't want that. You got to change your head coach. You got to change your defensive coordinator. You got to change the culture. You got to blow up the team. And start from scratch. And you got to have a a single-minded goal of the players, the type of players you want. We can't do that. They cannot afford to do that. Not in every, every area that we just mentioned. So the biggest single most thing that we need on this team, and I fought for it last year, and I'm going to fight for it again this year because every year we're going to get these old beautiful picks, these old uh, talented picks, and we're going to f- go away from it. I don't care if we go into free agency. I don't care if we draft it. You better go get you a starting offensive lineman and plus another backup. And so because I'm already got T.J. Bass it's valuable. He is valuable, but you better go draft you another offensive lineman or slash go into free agency and get one because you can't go with what we went with last year. This team struggles with the current offensive line. She would not be talking about Tony Pollard if the offensive line was just a little bit better.
7: Yeah. True. Yeah, I think it's Zach would
4: have not been running for his life the last five games yeah. if the offensive line would have played better.
7: Yeah, it just it never felt like there was consistency with that group. I think there was a little bit of a stretch in the middle of the season there where they went on that five-game winning streak, and you could see the offensive line stacking reps and stacking confidence, but it didn't come to fruition in the playoffs. So, so
5: here – I'm sorry to cut you no, off. No, you're good. But Tyler Smith talking about that. Where do y'all think that he will be great? Because I think he can be good at tackle, and he was good last year at tackle, and I think he was pretty good at guard. He was, you know, pro or not a pro bowl, but all, all pro second team. But where do y'all think
4: he would be great? And, Nate, I guess we will start with you. You've I, seen it. This is – I cannot answer that. But I do think this. If you put him there and say <laughs> – you are a guy for the next eight years, yeah. he's going to be great. I just believe that. If you put him at left tack and say, hey, man, we're building this around you, I think he'll be great. Same with left guard. But that, that, that but, tweaking and playing, I'm talking about it can work. Yeah. They've proven that they can move around offensive linemen, and it semi-works. But get this kid in a spot. Let him just be the best he can wherever he's at.
7: And I think that's what they did this yeah. year. I, I, yeah. I, there were opportunities to move him to left yes. tackle when Tyron was out, and they didn't do that. They stuck to their guns with uh, backup Chumwini Doga. Even when he kind of got banged up in a game that he was in, they, they threw in awesome for a couple of snaps. So it's, it, it was, it's an opportunity, I think, to kind of look at it and see that Tyler Smith is going to be left guard moving forward.
5: I, yeah, I but what about Bass, though? Yeah, Yeah.
6: I mean, I think they were at a point where they didn't trust what would go in at guard to move him to tackle. You got two guys on that offensive line. who are going to be free agents, right? Ty- Tyrant is in his last year. Yes, Biadas is in his last year. Do you trust Brock Hoffman to play center?
7: Yeah, or TJ Bass. TJ
6: Bass has been getting a lot of center reps so in, well, yeah. center. in the back
7: of the season, but
6: not as much as he did in training. Did camp. he do For it sure. at
7: Oregon? I don't. Th- he did not.
5: He did not. He, but he, he does not. it some. Yeah,
6: they. Remember in training camp they said, okay, we want to have him put his here hands we go. on the
4: ball. Ready, ready, <laughs> right? ready, here we go. Don't do that. What? Stop playing. Either go into the free agency and get what you need at the offensive line. If you need a center, mm-hmm. if it's one out there, get it. If you got a one in the, in the draft, do not reach. If he's not that guy, do not bother him. But if he, hey, this is a solid 24th pick and he's that guy, get him. But if he's in the second round, entrenched in the, in the middle of the second round, please, we, went, we did that. We did that. It didn't work. We just criticized it. Don't do that. But in free agency, go out and just get, you don't need super offensive linemen, but you do need guys with decent feet and the willingness to work. You got the coach over there. Mike Solari going to work them. He going to give them everything they need. That is what kept this thing the way it was this year. So you got the guy. What you got to do now is fill in with some solid players. Some, some B minus to B plus linemen. You know, it may cost like, you. But sort you need of to like do
6: Nate it. that became A plus linemen. You know.
8: <laughs> Wait, so y'all weren't happy with Tyler Biotis this season?
6: Oh, I, I'm fine with him. Oh, okay. But he's going to be a free agent. Now, you mm-hmm. talk about signing a free agent. There's no excess offensive lineman. I I know that. Right? I I know that. Yes, sir. And and if you got one, you're not letting them get into free agency. Well, the Cowboys
7: let a few get into free agency. I was just about to say, looking at the free agent centers here. (laughs) Connor Williams and Connor McGovern both will be uh, um, uh, free agents this upcoming offseason. Uh, and if Blackie neither, Hill, neither of those home. names uh, strike a strike a chord for you, then you have Nick Harris uh, for the Cleveland Browns center that will be a free agent. <laughs> Connor, so, Connor you know. Conor McGovern had to
6: sign more than a one year deal, didn't
7: he? Uh, according to Spotrack here, um, that's uh, he's he's due to be an unrestricted free agent. So he signed a one year deal. Uh, New York Jets Connor McGovern.
5: Oh, that, oh New Connor, Jets! Yeah. Oh, oh, God, oh, oh, yeah, 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 He signed. Yeah. It. He's a better I'm sorry He's a better player That Connor McGovern Is a better player Than the one that was here Although he's
6: playing In a game tonight
5: yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Well, Noah Brown's playing too. I mean, like, well, that's true. Amazing. <laughs> I come on. <laughs> uh,
7: this uh, this text coming in from uh, Regina from Virginia. Uh, that was an absolutely tough loss. I feel like the whole season has been a cruel joke. Uh, we started to believe that this team was different till it wasn't. I wish I had the magic answer to why the game got out of hand so quickly, but I have nothing. All that remains is my loyalty to the team. And she also said that she's going to continue listening to us. So thank you, Regina. Thanks. But I, I think this is this is kind of the feeling that Jerry Jones was talking about post game yesterday. He, he was very apologetic to the fans after after the game. That was the point that he kept bringing up was, I'm so sorry that we let the fans down in this way. Um, it's it, I hate to see that and these people walk out of the building and boo going into the fourth quarter that way. I think that is probably what's going to be the thing that makes Jerry make a decision here. and I, We don't know what that decision is, and we don't know when it will come. He said he's going to take time. He's going to have to take time to think about everything. He wouldn't offer any comment yesterday after the game. It's a um, it's, kill to be flying that wall in the Jones house uh, going forward this week. I think there's a lot of different things you have to play with, but where do you start? Do you start by identifying the issue? Do you start with... Just looking what the, at what, what is available. What is the issue? Hey, do, you no do you start with it? Do you start
8: with that? But the thing is, is that when you you ask the players, you ask the coaches, what's what's went wrong as far as like even road games, we've asked those questions, we've asked questions about why you can't win in playoffs. There's no answer. You get no answers, and that's where it's like we can't we can't even answer the question of where to start because they can't answer the question of where to start. So it, it it's kind of like a. I don't know. I don't don't know where you start from here because no one has answers, honestly.
6: Well, the secondary has to improve. (laughs) Um, Can Trayvon Diggs come back and be the same guy, right? Um, And if he does, who's your third corner? Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And and here's what I just noticed because I had this in my mind that when they got it to 34-16 – Nate, it sort of reminded me of the 94 NFC title game when you fell behind 21-0. You kept battling, kept battling, getting close, right? So they get it 34-16. I know it's a little bit more than two possessions, but if you get touchdowns, two-point conversion, you're, you're back in the game, right? The very next possession, the very next possession, first and 10 at the Green Bay 35 They throw a 27-yard—no, Jones goes 27 yards off tackle, right? Now it's first and 10 at the Dallas 38. They throw a 38-yard touchdown pass to a tight end that turned his back to the end zone to catch the ball as he waited there all by him lonesome.
7: There was no one within 15 yards.
6: Just think of those. There's two plays for sixty five yards. That was the ball game yeah. right there.
5: I remember thinking like why don't they go they have to go for two? Like you have to get this decision. At that
6: at that point when yeah. they scored. Yeah. And
5: then and then I don't know about that call with Tolbert on the on the rub route there. That was
6: the that was of all the worst <laughs> nah, was calls kind of a
5: bad one. But, that was terrible. Right. So put it to put them back on the twelve though, like even though that's not favorable. I still think you got to go for two. got to make this a 16-point game. They didn't. They kicked it and make it 17. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, I don't know. I don't agree with that. But but like you said, only two plays later, they'd already scored a touchdown. I was like, eh, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter, you know. I mean, it didn't matter if it was 16, 17 because if you're not going to stop them, you know. And that same play, that, that touchdown, that was the same play that I think the Cardinals had used on them. Remember that play where Marco Wilson, yeah, I thought it was Marcus Brown, whoever it was was wide open, yeah, just wide open, and it was like the same type of play, but it wasn't that fancy, was it, no, I mean, it's he just...
6: lined up on the line of scrimmage tight, and he just
5: there was a big play to
7: Dobbs in the same kind of area of the field, went where... into nowhere he just kind of turned a corner or he turned a post into like a corner route and Gilmore was caught looking at the quarterback and Dobbs was running 20 yards free behind him and yeah in the opposite direction I remember that one so it's it's tough um Billy from Grandview which pop quiz does anybody here know the high school mascot for Grandview Texas Tigers uh
8: absolutely not give, give Bill Jones the zebras, a call. Wow,
7: okay. the, zebras. <laughs> the zebras um he yeah. says we need to get bigger bigger guys every position we need to be a bully team um basically just need to be bigger that's I, I think that's an indictment that you could kind of point at throughout this entire season especially defensively when you look at we talked about Marquise Bell earlier about how he's not fit to be a linebacker and I think that was something that they had to kind of you know make shift work as the season went on and it ended up being okay so they just rode with it the rest of the way obviously he's not going to be in that second level next year I just don't
6: see that happening well they tried to get bigger they tried. So they drafted Massey Smith, and he got smaller.
7: <laughs> exactly. And he ended up losing weight, and now he looks like Sam Williams. Um, so, w- when when you look at the size problem, is there a way you can yeah. fix that with, with the guys that are on roster? You just kind of roster build from there, and hope that you draft and bring in free agents that can is get Gallimore you a little bit still more physical. On yeah, Neville Gallimore. Yes. Yeah.
5: yeah. It's not good. It's never good to like have someone ask that question. <laughs> Yeah, he's on the team. He's a free agent.
4: Un unrestricted. No. Um You said you asked earlier and they kind of got away from <laughs> how do you, where do we start? And you gave an answer that it's the secondary. Fellas, and y'all start the draft show Wednesday. And the first question I'm asking you Breaking news. Thursday. <laughs> what offensive linemen are? Yeah. You have to start yesterday with the offensive line. And the other way you fix this, I don't care who don't like it, it need to be said, your quarterback has to play better playoff football. Yeah. It's bottom line. If you fix your offensive line and your quarterback play better playoff football, you will have much more success.
7: Yeah, to quickly answer your question, it's a really good tackle draft. Really strong tackle draft. Uh, interior line. Uh, there's there's some guys you have to take a chance on. I think maybe in the middle rounds, but I think there's a really good opportunity to get a good value tackle at pick 24. But uh, we'll see as time goes on. Um,
5: because that's how you do. That's how you do what you just said. Of, of let him play playoff football. Right. Yes. Because as good as as um, Jordan Love played. I think, running the ball, having that to to lean on. And then that helps with the play action and all that. And this team just hasn't been able to run it. And I'm fine bringing Tony Pollard back as a – I don't know about being a number two. I don't know how that all is going to work out. But I do need a back that's a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. But I'm fine – I mean, Pollard's role
4: when he he was with Zeke, I'm fine with that. Yeah, but, you know uh, Mm – It just hurts when when you know what's best. Uh, Fault for Zeke all ever since he got here, I've been fighting for Zeke. Uh, you know, I was probably the only guy saying, "Who cares about his ego? Give him the three mil and tie him up in the back, and we'll break this thing open when we need
6: it." I was right there with yeah. you. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and but everybody, he's got nothing left. Well, he's proved us wrong. Yeah. <laughs> now I think our best bet. And we're not gonna get this guy. We're not gonna get this guy. But it's a guy that runs in Tennessee. Be careful. <laughs> Be careful. Yeah, I know. We're not gonna get this guy. And it's another guy that was watching.
7: Tennessee volunteers, right? Yeah, yeah. Tennessee
4: volunteers. If I, if I knew a
5: running back for Tennessee, I would have said that.
7: We're looking at um, 14. Uh, free agents, impending free agents for the Dallas Cowboys this offseason. We'll run through the list really quick. Tyron Smith, Tony Pollard, Stephon Gilmore, Dorrance Armstrong, Cheron Kirst, Jordan Lewis, Dante Fowler, Nick uh, Nicks Koff, uh Noah right. Igbenogany, Jonathan Hankins, Trent Sig. Chuma Idoga, Neville Gallimore, Rico Dowdle, and Tyler Biotish. I'm looking at a couple of guys here you have to bring back. I My calf um, is not
5: unrestricted because <laughs> it, it is staying. It's, it's a on the it's franchise. A, it's tag on
7: the tag. Right you it's don't like know. What, we don't know years. if it's coming back next year. Yeah. I'm looking at a couple of guys. I think you have to bring back next year. Um, I, I'm I'm bringing back Stefan Gilmore. Mm-hmm. I I. I I would love to find a way to bring back Stephon and Jordan Lewis, but I don't think there's, there's room for both. Um, Dorrance Armstrong, second-leading sacker on this team this year. And then Jonathan Hankins, the way he's been able to just help and, and rush defense, you've you got to have him back in the building. But looking through those free agents, who are some you're okay letting walk? Who do you think has to be back in this building? Say, say the one more time. Yeah, let's go through. Tyron Smith, 14. Tony Pollard. Stephon Gilmore, Dorrance Armstrong, Jaron Curse, Jordan Lewis, Dante Fowler, Noah Igbinogeni, Jonathan Hankins, Trent Sig, Chuma Idoga, Neville Gallimore, Rico Dowdle, Tyler Biotish.
6: We got. Well, I'll give I'll give you the easy one, least ex, least expensive, Sig. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That that is the easiest.
4: It one. He was perfect,
6: most definitely.
4: I I I I like Jordan Lewis. Yeah, when he when he locks in and realizes that. He can't do it his way. Yeah. I mean, now he'll get some games, but he want to do it his way. And it'll, it'll, it'll cost you. But as long as he's locked in, I like Jordan Lewis. Yeah. Always have. He sometimes he'll wander off the you know beaten path, but if you can keep him going in the right way, he's a player, man.
7: I agree. I, yeah. I, I love what I Jordan like Lewis him, did, on, especially in on the back yeah. half of the season. But when you look at what the Cowboys gave up to get Gilmore, mm-hmm. and only having him one year, I just don't feel
5: like that's going to happen.
7: I, and well,
5: what's going to cost? Uh, what yeah. what would it cost it as well? Eight million this year. Yeah, yeah. And he you, you know it played well. I mean. We've been seeing you know, the reports and all that. Dan Quinn's going to interview for six different places. It seems like this this rest of this week, or maybe five. I wonder about Dorrance Armstrong. Um, <clears throat> maybe going, definitely a Fowler. I could see those two maybe going with Curse. Yeah,
6: but see, you That's got those. Yeah. Gonna yeah. Go you got both of those <laughs> guys on. on the cheap, right? For very short contracts. Yeah, Curse was a two two year deal. Yeah, who? J-ron. 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 Curse. Oh. Curse. <laughs> Who are some guys you'd bring back?
8: I'd bring, bra- bring back J. Lou, um, Hank. Um, read that list one more time.
7: Tyron Smith, Tony Pollard, Stephon Gilmore, Dorrance Armstrong, J. Ron Jordan Lewis, Dante Fowler, Noah Icbenogany, Jonathan Hankins, Trent Sig, Chuma Idoga, Neville Gallimore, Rico Dowdle, Tyler Biotish.
8: Okay, so hear me out on this one. I want to bring back Tyron. Um but I think as far as going back to what Nate was saying about the offensive line, this offensive line had too many issues with injuries. Um and of course as a vet a guy that's been on the team, one of the most experienced guys on the team. Don't get rid of him, but you you have to add more veteran guys on that offensive line. So I'd say bring some more that experience.
5: One. I got one that's on the practice squad. What about what about Lyle Collins? Yeah.
4: Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was coming. He has you, face. You, 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 you Nick, I don't wanna play you 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 serious, right? You you're not joking.
5: I'm not joking. If he if he's not, if he's ready to play, if he's if being mean, if he's he hasn't ready played to in play year, right? huh,
8: he sat out last year.
5: Uh, he was he played up until about week
7: fifteen. I think is when he tore his ACL for the Bengals last season. But he was the starter for them at tackle. If
4: you can promise me, I can't, that he can bend his hips as long as well as his knees. I, I'll go with that as a depth move only. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I'm mean, not I mean, to I plug mean, him
5: in as a starter. But but I, I'm I'm talking about a veteran guy that I can play maybe at guard and tackle. That has some dog in him. Yeah,
4: but he better play guard. I think so. Guard is the only position I would give that a look at. And I agree. I agree with that. Because all his flex... All his hips is shot. They was shot before he left for the first time.
7: I think one of the more interesting questions on this list is Tyron Smith. You know, yeah. do you do you split s- contract? Okay, I
8: didn't want to say it because I'll contract. get crucified if I say it. So <laughs> no, no I,
7: think not it's, yeah. I think it's a valid point because you look at the value. <laughs> you're right. You play well. You he look at the money well. you would have to spend yeah. to bring a him split back. Split
4: contract will get him back. Yeah, if he's playing a little bit, like explain yeah. that. Can you a little bit more? Split contract. If you're hurt, this is what you get paid. If you're not hurt, this is what yeah. you get paid. Yeah. Which is kind of what he had had this year, right? Yeah, he did, just did take he make... a redu- one uh, straight across the board, reducing and pay. Next year, it'll be a split contract, so that thing can get really ugly. He, he made a million dollars every time he was active.
5: Yeah. Like this year. Tyron? Mm-hmm.
7: So he made a million dollars for the So it was a game?
5: split. He did make a million dollars. That's Well, actually, actually, you know what? <laughs> so just was it a split, out. Mick? No. It's not a uh, split, yeah. but it, it's it, an incentive-based. It's based. a per-game
6: yeah. right. bonus.
5: Okay. It was like... Yeah, it was like one million dollars or something like that base, and then every time you can make, he could make seventeen, eighteen million. Wow, I don't know if that one was tough. I, I think it, it was a playtime percentage of the game, and I don't think he,
4: I don't think he stood on the sideline. See, it. this, this, this is what we try to not say, because we all love Dak and we know what he means to this team, but if you cannot. Let him be the play-action pass, the guy who moves around. If he if he cannot be that guy, you have nothing good. So you have to fix your offensive line. You if you fix the offensive line, it will give you that chance to have a better chance to have it that lead. If you if you gonna keep Quinn's system in place, but if you go get a di- a different defensive coordinator, are you gonna go get a is a guy free? We can talk about it. A coach, if a guy's free, okay. If you go get Wink Martindale, he wants to play a different brand of football. He's blitzing and he's storming you, okay. Uh, that means you got to have some hogs up there that's willing to stop that run and some guys that's willing to keep them that ball condensed inside. Do you think Michael Parsons gonna like that? Well, well when I'm if I'm interviewing <laughs> a new defensive coordinator. I've said this yeah. before. I like this.
5: You sit down and you say, cool, how was your flight? Everything good? All right, where are you playing Micah Parsons? Mm. Right then. Maybe not even <laughs> how was your flight. Like, good to, good to see. You. But uh,
4: first, first question. First question. <laughs> yeah. But Wink, Wink will have things for him. Okay. But the, this this is what Mick say. Well, put him at linebacker. Put him at. Mick, have you ever stopped to think, that Michael Parson goes into Dan Quinn's office or whoever's office because he got that cachet and said, man, I all need to quit with this. This is what I want to do. Yeah, because
6: he's looking at where the money yes, is. But right. see, I,
4: I'm talking to Michael Parson as a defense coordinator because when you get into the – the reason we're here today in a mixed mash is because we, we got beat to death. And it starts – with the star players, if you don't ever get it into Parsons' head because he's a young guy, we need you more than just this. This is how you can really help us understand me. And then to, and then when he can come and say it, if once he starts saying it, he'll believe it. But Parsons don't talk that way. And when I see him, he don't talk that way. I want to rush the passer. And he had some games where – he couldn't get home, and he
5: and they won. You know, you're right, and they won that game Yeah. by 20 points or whatever. And he's yeah, that's a problem. So there's no you, doubt about you, it's a problem.
4: Th- these players today. That's why you know people ask me a lot of times, why don't you go over there and say something to them? Nah? Well, you wasting your breath. That these coaches are well equipped. Now I'll tell you something. Remember when we lo- we lost to. And C.D. was pouting. 49 And this was before the, second, the third, fourth game when everybody started talking about it. I passed Mr. Stephen <clears throat> Jones in the, in the hall. I said, Stephen, you know, I, I really don't get into y'all deals. I don't go over there and mess with your players. I said, but you know what would help, Coach, if any of your star players have a problem, you or the head coach, or Will McClay, need to go rap with him. Say, hey, if you have a problem, let's hash this out before it becomes public. Well, a couple of weeks later, we, we know. Mm-hmm. Nothing bad came of that, but 20 years ago, Jim be like, hey, man, get your behind in gear or get out of here. That don't work no more. Mm-hmm. You, you have to ne- literally negotiate with players Today, especially the ones you're going to be paying five, six, ten, fifteen million dollars. You have to talk to them.
7: That plays into the point that I want to come with uh, out of the break. CD Lamb, Micah Parsons, Dak Prescott, these are all guys that are going to be on the table uh, looking at that budget book uh, this upcoming offseason. The Jones has got some decisions to make uh, in that area. So uh, we will talk about that on the backside of this break.
0: Find a location near you.
7: Welcome back into the DallasCowboys.com radio network. we got a hodgepodge of people here on this set today to break it all down. Uh, the Green Bay Packers defeating the Dallas Cowboys yesterday in the wild card round. Moving forward into the offseason, we touched on a lot of topics already. Broke down the game. Broke down some potential offseason changes. I think one of the more pressing things that we haven't discussed is the fact that, and this might be some good news, bad news, depending on how you look at it, but there are certain players that are due up for contract extensions coming up this uh, this offseason. Interesting one is Dak Prescott. Um, whenever you take a look at his his cap hit for this next year, it's kind of talked about all season. Okay, he's played well. He's going to end up as a podium finisher on this MVP uh, balloting with Lamar Jackson and Brock Purdy, most likely. Um, you extend him, and then yesterday happens, and now there's questions kind of built up again. You have some that are like, okay, just take the cap hit next year, see what he does. If he doesn't prove anything, then you can move on. Or... You move on. or You go ahead and add a couple of years to his contract, let it play out. I think that's a that's an
5: interesting one. What is does his cap hit? It's like fifty something.
7: It's it's high.
5: Fifty six. I, I think it's high.
8: pushing on, it's sixty. point four five five.
5: I wish
7: it was sixty
8: thousand. Well, yeah. <laughs>
4: how, how you gonna build a team around that?
7: Yeah, it's tough, and that that's Come Come and on, it, it's tough to also. Extend the other guys in the equation. You have C.D. Lamb, who had one of the best seasons of a receiver in the NFL this season. I think Tyreek Hill is the only one that you could contend with in the entire NFL that had a better year. And you look at Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, they have not extended their deals, So it's kind of a race to who gets signed first between those three guys. You know, where does the market get set once those three uh, uh, dominoes fall? I think that's probably the most pressing one you look at, and then I don't think this is one that gets done this off season. But you have to start talking about Micah Parsons. How much money do you want to pay him when that time comes around? You kind of have to factor that in whenever you're talking to CD. So and does Dan Micah's fourth year
4: well. coming up? Mm-hmm. But, yeah.
5: Yep. They don't have to do anything. You know, like they don't have to do anything with any of those guys if they don't want to. Technically, if you want to, if you want to put Dak on the hook for fifty nine million and uh this is the this is the fifth year for c d so this is his yeah. fifth year option mm-hmm. which is uh i have the number of seventeen million in my head. I don't know if that's right uh, what he's Chris help us out 17. there is 7. that right 7. okay, 9. so seventeen for him and then what's the going market for receivers? oh he's at he's probably gonna be at 30 now his
7: his, yeah his market value is gonna be i should have got him done earlier it's gonna be high
5: that that, that's the thing you know it's
7: it's looking at according to Spotrack, looking at a total of about 90 million across four seasons um so that that'll put it around 23 per year um Ooh. that's that's that was as of that seems low yeah that was as of a few weeks ago but i mean it's it's this yeah. market this market for receivers is undetermined right now because you look at justin jefferson jamar chase they're both still on rookie deals i man if i'm the joneses i try to get that done as soon as possible but also if i'm cd lambs management i'm like no y'all take <laughs> your time it's it's fine you we got some Micah? we're gonna go to cancun have a little fun over <laughs> here and figure figure it out you know but um yeah I, I think that's 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 going to be the most interesting battle. I think the Joneses will have to face once they figure out what they're going to do this week.
5: I, I honestly, I I, I kind of disagree. I think the most interesting one is going to be Micah that contract because I think this year, I could see I could see Micah maybe I don't, backing up I don't, a little bit. I don't know about you, holding
4: out. Is the backing right word. up a little bit? He's going to back up a little yeah. bit.
5: And if there's a new defensive coordinator, like we just said, you know what's the first thing? How do you play him? You want everyone to be on the same page. You don't want to be missing any OTAs or mini camps or anything like that. And I'm not saying he would. I'm not. I, I, that that conversation never been up. But you know, you can kind of look at the writing on the wall and go, because he's going to be ready for it. He's going to be ready now. Is the first time you can start negotiating with him, and he's going to want to be paid like a defensive end and not a linebacker.
7: And if he's not, he did say last week he'll just go with Dan Quinn, but it was a joke. I'm
5: he did say that. Yeah. Tampering. Yep. <laughs> even though I don't even know what team you know we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yeah.
7: Um, so talking about contract situations obviously going to be one of the more uh, pressing issues. I think as we we look forward into the offseason a lot of questions into the offseason. I think there's not a lot of answers that you can really point at right now coming off of this loss against the Green Bay Packers. They'll go into San Francisco next week. They continue their playoff journey. The Cowboys they uh, are doing exit meetings today. Um, the team met with Mike McCarthy um, the, the message that he that, that he was able to give to them according to Jordan Lewis was you know it was a, a little apologetic but also um, uh, thankful for the journey those type of things Jerry Jones also came into that team meeting and said, "We have to win. We are the Dallas Cowboys. We have the pieces in place. We have to win." So I, I think that was that's kind of a statement from from Jones there to be able to come into the team meeting and say that. I think there's a, there's going to have to be a lot of urgency uh, with this team, not only next season, but it starts now uh, with the off season and going forward.
5: Um, you have to be so much better. You have to be like so much better than the moment you know the way it is right now the way the, all the pressure is on this team to go and the, the owners coming in saying we have to win all that stuff's great i mean but that's that's the the point is they have to be really good and then better on on that day so good that that they can't you know you can't falter under the pressure of of this team i mean and that's that's kind of what happened they were they were really good this year but we saw areas where, where you know, they could be exposed, and they did. That, that's why next year's team has got to be even better than that. And, and that's hard to do I mean, because they were already really good this year. In
4: what you got over there, Nate? Yeah, Nate. <laughs> you know what bothers me is I, I've tried to fix this team for like seven years, eight years, because it, it, it has been the same problem for me. Every time we get beat, somebody's rushing this ball right down our throat. Mm-hmm. We try to address it with Mozzie. We tried to address it with Hankins. Uh, we, we, and then we lost the linebackers. We don't know what the kid from Texas would have been. I don't speculate like mm-hmm. that. Uh, uh, Clark didn't do it. Bell isn't big enough. So, once again, we got exposed because I believed before this game and I believe now that this kid wasn't going to be stopped Jordan Love and the, and, and the equalizer and the enhancer was, was Aaron Jones. You go back to the, the year before that, it was another set of running backs <laughs> or quarterbacks. You go to the year, now we have never been able to – control time of possession. And the reason people say time of possession is not big, it, it is big. When you built your, uh, your defense to play from leads, it's called, I call it the Peyton Manning effect. That's what he guaranteed the Colts. I'm going to either keep you even or I'm going to get a lead and I'm going to let Feeney and the other kid go crazy on you. Well we haven't in big games we haven't been able to do that the last three years. We haven't been able to keep that lead and and, and maintain it so our defense can feast. Because our defense is based off of it's pure athletic talent, no size, and not blowing schemes. This is the first time I've ever seen us blow schemes in that backfield like we did uh, the other day. Normally we own our game, but we we're not built for that. So we got to go out and address the offensive line. Somehow some way you got to get Dak signed. You have to get him signed. If if not to a 5-year deal, at least a 3-year deal to try to alleviate yourself because you got to pay the dictator because he is the only player. CeeDee Lamb is the only player on this team that can dictate anything. And what I mean by that is he can dictate coverage. First and ten, second and long, third and whatever. He dictates who, what two eyes, set of eyes going to be on him, whether it's a corner and an inside linebacker, outside linebacker, or a corner and a safety. He can dictate what's happening. You don't have another player on this offense that can dictate, so you got to pay him. You got to pay him. And C.D. Lamb, excuse me, and and Micah, somebody got to get in his head. Somebody got to get close enough to this kid to let him know your talent says you are unstoppable. Your brain is stopping you. Hmm. He is stopping himself. And if he can ever change that, if we can get that changed, then, hey, you know you signed this kid early. If we can get that changed, that's just what I believe.
7: Yeah. A lot of pressing questions uh, as we move forward into the off season. Um, we appreciate you joining us here on this hour and a half, uh, a big mega show. It was a, a little thrown together last minute, but we made it work here. I uh, hope everyone's staying yep. safe out there in the DFW area. Uh, it was fun joining uh, joining you guys for this one. Uh, unfortunately, it was uh, coming after a bad result from yesterday, but we're going to be here regardless as the off season gets going. Uh, we'll be back with normal shows tomorrow and a we draft will show. Uh, well, hey, well, we'll kind of work through the schedule.
4: We'll, we'll kind of see. We'll kind of see.
7: Don't ask me. Don't shoot That's the, the messenger.
4: We'll see. Uh, we have regular uh, shows. That's the plan. Okay, all right, Nicky. That's the plan. The plan? <laughs> oh, is it. Who's the Nicky night? Oh, you the storyline. You the Nicky. Yeah. Yeah. We got draft
7: show coming as well here
4: soon. I, I know that's one that
7: everyone's looking forward to as well. But um, nevertheless, it's off season time. We got a lot of things to discuss as we move forward. But I uh, appreciate you joining us for Chris Beam in the back. Nikki, Ben, Nate, Newton, Nicole, Hutchinson, Kyle Yeomans, and Mickey Spagnola earlier in the show. I am Nick Harris, and uh, we will see you soon. Off season is here.
6: Nicky,
0: night.